0: Welcome back to the podcast. We're going to welcome back Coach Coughlin, his second appearance. He's the defensive line coach at Langley Community College. Coach, nice to see you. We just recorded a, we had just had a whole 30-minute conversation, I think, before this.
1: Well, you know, it's like if we're not recording, I don't even want to talk. No. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to be back. This is fun stuff. I'm, I'm we're gearing up to go back on the twenty-third at the college. So it's great to be thinking about football again. I've had but the last about four weeks of my life, I've I've had either one or no jobs. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm rested and ready to come back. Usually during the season when I'm doing all the football stuff, I got three jobs, you know, right. teaching at the high school and then doing the football stuff. And then I'm in the fitness center at the college a couple of nights a week, which is a great gig. But it's still, you know, it eats up the time. So I've been fixing crap around the house and trying to clean out my endless garage <laughs> and do all the things that I can't do. But it's, it's good to be back. And it's good to be back hanging out with you. I liked it. It was fun the first time, and talking football is
0: always great. Yeah, because during that time, I think it was COVID, so we were all losing our minds. And we were like, we got to talk ball somehow. We have to figure out how yeah. to do this. So I, I had people always tell me, like, well, thank God. Because, like, I either talk football with my staff or just don't talk ball at all. Because we're sitting at home on Zoom with the school kids, or, or, we're sent outside going, man, I would, I wonder what the world's like. Is it still alive? Are there still people out there? So I, that was a long time ago. Because I think you said you didn't have a season during COVID. I think, right? Yeah, no, we've we've uh, we've done two seasons since the
1: last time I talked to you. Okay. First season was was a, what well, what did we? Finish? It was a six and four. So so kind Mm -hmm. of a wash we played in a little bowl game and that i mean cool and all but not what you want and then let this last season we actually made it back to the playoffs but we we got our butts whooped in the first round so it was off to other things but this year i'm excited because we actually for the first time ever we get a padded spring practice okay Uh, So I'm I'm juiced about that. I don't know what the what our if we're going one two three four days a week yet. I just know that we get to wear helmets and shoulder pads at practice and not not rip our shirts every day or have to go up against the giant lineman who's not wearing a shirt at all, which is the most unrealistic thing that's ever happened on a practice field.
0: Uh, uh, Yeah, I didn't I didn't know you guys. I didn't know you couldn't have a padded practice in spring. I thought everybody could have it.
1: No, California's been really strict on that, and anytime time it's come up for some reason or another they voted it down and now this year they approved it okay we actually actually I take that back during when we first came back from COVID they let us pad up early just because you know they wanted everybody to get the rust off Mm -hmm. now from from here on out we get a padded spring so we look like the big boys I mean we always did everything in practice anyhow you know half line or pods or one-on-ones full 11 on 11, you know, but it, Mm -hmm. and for what we do as a three, four defense, I'm always teaching my guys mask out anyways. So Mm -hmm. it's like, coach,
2: I don't have a helmet on.
1: I don't want you burying your face in him anyhow. So get your hands out in front of you and get Mm -hmm. separation. But at least now we actually have something to hold on to, you know, so we can do our thing. So I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, uh, this year, this season, our D-line coach, they didn't hire him back at the school due to classes or whatever, so he left. He came into the season, and they're like, who's going to do D-line? Who's going to do D-line? And the head coach looked at me and goes, Steve, you used to do D-line, right? Yeah. Well, can you do O-line and D-line? Sure. So I had to go back to my roots, and I was do- I was O-line coach, run game coordinator, so I was in charge of the run game, and then I had to go back and do D-line. So I had to go back to my roots a little bit and I'll, I'll tell you what i missed it until like week two and i was like this is too much doing both i don't like it no more but the biggest thing was using hands like these kids have never been taught to use hands they've been taught shoulder pad and like drive as a d lineman and i couldn't stand so you talk about that like we were four two five. and i'm like get your hands on them and go and they don't understand that uh so what kind of interesting drills would you have for hands? I just did the stupid thing. Like just get hands on extend, get underneath the shoot and do it to like learn.
1: You know, I I try to, I try to do it 20 different ways, you know, just Mm -hmm. because that way it'll stick with everybody. When we, when the magic Jenkins sled is when we have the bags on it, I just, we start and I just, and grab that bag and get their face out. And we just work extending, you know, I, I used to always make a living about getting down, do, you know, getting down in like a a four, a four point or six point stance mm-hmm. and, and hitting, hitting. And I, I still do that. I just, I think as, as I keep coaching, I try to simplify what we do mm-hmm. and just get to the point, you know, you, it, it's one of those ones that it's a good drill, but then you realize you play football on your feet. So mm-hmm. you try to do most of your drills on your feet. The one that I do that I really like is just having guys hold their hands up like this and then grabbing wrists. You know, you'll you'll see like a lot of the videos where they just do the little touches, yeah. you know, and that's cool for hand speed. But I, I get them, at, you know, they're grabbing the crap out of those wrists and then on a cue, you know, just working on hips and hands and extension and just saying it over and over, you know the same cues a thousand times and I, I i think that's really good i don't like doing it so much on shields or bags just because mm-hmm. they're so wide you know right. if, if it's if it's a shield we'll grab it up top mm-hmm. or if you're lucky enough to get like some of the specialty stuff from rogers we got this thing called a, it's a packer pad i guess somebody from green bay invented it where it's a it's like an, a rectangle pad but inside of it is is a, a smaller pad that sticks out so mm-hmm. it forces you to get your hands in super tight. You know, like when we had just the regular old lead sleds, I would turn the bag upside down, you know, just so oh. that they're not they're not putting their hands in that giant T part. You know, the the top the, yeah. the bottom part of the bag becomes the top. So now their hands are in a lot closer. But but I just think, you know, grabbing wrists, grabbing shoulders, you know, when they, when they just have shirts or practice jerseys on, rotating those thumbs up and making sure they're pointing their elbows down and just doing it over and over and over again. Or even a good one is just taking like the pad that goes on the goalpost and just Uh making them line up in front of that and strike it. Uh The other thing that we do a lot that, I mean, and it's just kind of a I don't want to say fun lead up drill, but we'll, I'll take the pop-up bags and turn them around. So they're grabbing the handles of the pop-up bags, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is all the cool part is, is, you know, this is stuff I've either stolen or kind of half-assed invented over the years. And now all you got to do is just, you know, go subscribe to Craig Rowe. I don't know (laughs) if you know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and what I like about what he he's like the curator of all the drills Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know the fact that he played at michigan and and played in the cfl you know gives him credibility but it's just like here here's a drill from pete jenkins here's a drill from alabama you know and and i'd say this it all everything i do i i learned it first through getting to sit down with coach lapoy when he was at cal as the defensive line coach now he's the defensive coordinator for oregon and It it, it all comes down to Pete Jenkins. You know, Mm -hmm. if you can find anything from Pete Jenkins, I know I have them all saved from YouTube, whether it's clinic stuff or just video, you know, practice video and things like that. It, it, It all comes down to that. You know, there's, I mean, there's not a bazillion ways that you can teach the hands. It's just, it's just repetition and doing it over and over and over again. But like i said just having having like the smaller bags on the sled we live we live on it i only have i have a two-man jenkins sled which has the the lever system on one side and then it has like the spring with the lev sled version on the other side and i don't even i don't even touch the Lev sled version anymore just because i i really like the act how it has the lever arm on mm-hmm. the Jenkins one, where you know it just—and what's funny is, one of the high ups at Rogers was going around making the rounds at the colleges, and he came out to Laney and because we needed something for the sled, and he just he's like, i don't understand why you D-line coaches love this sled. It's the—it's the, it's the Radius looking sled, <laughs> and it's like no, it's—it's it's magical. It's a mad—I think I said it last time I was here. I'd I, you know when they kept asking me what do you what do you what's your wish list for D line stuff? I said we get this sled, we're gonna win a state championship. Now that's not the only reason we won a state championship, but it, I think it's one of the main ones, just because of how those bags you know force you to get your hands in here. You right. know they have a they have a shield version of it too, and and it's just it's awesome. But I know I've done everything from having them hold their hands like this to the one we started doing for when we're in a shade is put one hand on your sternum and have the other arm up here like this so now it's it's giving you that shade version but i do to me it it just it's harder to hit something stri- when it's straight in front of you so mm-hmm. we do a lot of that. so that way what i emphasize to them is by the time we go over to a shade this should be easy now you only got to hit half a man right but just but doing even just this simple one—I don't know if you can see me—of just putting one hand up and one hand on your chest here. So now it for—it forces that. Uh, we we right. do that all the time. You know the, the only thing you got to watch out for is you always got to remind your guys don't have your don't have your fist in front of your face because as soon as a guy you know I I do it I do a lot from just like a hanging two-point stance. Uh-huh. So that it's forcing to throw their hips. You know, you get a guy who's got his face up in front, his hand up in front of his face. He's smacking himself in the nose. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you got some hurt feelings. Right, right. Um, but the, the other thing that I found that helps out with that a lot is just the cue. you know, the cues. Talking about eyes below eyes, always, always resetting that guy so his eyes are below the opponent's eyes and finish him with your hands above your eyes. Uh-huh. I see that drill all the time where, either they're hitting that two by four looking thing or on a sled where they're throwing their hips, but their hands are way down here. I mean, and I've seen that everywhere from the pros to division one colleges. And I'm not saying I'm the expert on it, but the thing about it, I really don't like is I don't want my hands down here. You right. know, if my hands are low I'm pass blocking. If I'm, if I've got my hands slightly above my eyes and I got my feet slightly behind my butt, now I'm in a leverage position, which is everything that we should be in. And I'll, I'll fit it up on a fence, the sled, each other, you know, and just really coach that other guy lean in so that it's forcing you to lean on that guy and reminding the kids that if that guy wasn't there, you would fall flat on your face. Right. Because you know, I'm always looking at like where that guy's feet are in relationship to his hips. And I, I always call it heel to ass ratio. You know, so it's like if if your heels are directly under your ass, you're pass blocking. If your heels are behind your ass, now you're leverage and you can drive through somebody.
0: Right. Because that was the other big thing is making sure when we did hands was replacing feet and it was either one or the other. Feet went first and hands didn't go or the hands went, but it was almost too flat. You know what I mean? Like it was more like lunging and making sure because they try to guess. They're trying to guess where the old line was going. So they... Yeah. It was one or the other
1: i'll say this i for years i mean it, and there are a lot of people that are still successful with it you know they always talk about that that first six inch power step mm-hmm. six inch or you know replace the down hand i i don't I, I don't emphasize that first step hardly at all anymore okay i i'm you know and different coaches use a different order mm-hmm. you know they'll say hands and hips i say hips and hands because you know the hips are the the main generator of it but the hands are always going to be faster i say hips, hands then steps you know and they're like well how much short choppy steps short choppy steps and because i want them to be able to put their feet in the ground and be able to push off and and the way it was explained to me that really made sense was you know weight room movements being transferred onto the field Mm -hmm. and i tell those guys hey you know when you when you're power cleaning what's the strength coach always telling you he's always telling you to drive your feet into the platform to make the bar go up and if Uh you jump too soon you're not going to get triple extension and it's trying to get that triple extension on a 45 degree plane you know this year we had some guys from the uk that were part of the nfl academy they have in london yeah and and I, I had, I had this big giant, he's, he's Polish. And his name's Marson. And he, I mean, you look at him and you go, Oh my God, you, mm-hmm. you know, you can squat a truck. And he was straight. His weight room numbers were just incredible, but he wasn't knocking people off the ball. Like I thought he should. And I'd explain it every way I know. And he's like, okay, okay. And he's like, I just don't get it. And finally I said, Hey, it's like a power clean at a 45 degree angle. And then you just saw I just saw something, you know, they talk about the light bulb moment, but I just saw something happen over his face. And he's like, Oh crap, I get it now. And then he right. really started knocking people back, you mm-hmm. know, because that's, that's, I don't want to say that's all I teach, but I mean, it's when I, the guys I get to me, their two biggest deficiencies are where they put their eyes and how much they use their hands. Uh-huh. You know, because they can just get away from Pop Warner to JV to Vart, You know, you get guys, defensive line coaches that just say, throw a rip and get your ass up field. And, it, uh-huh. and it's like, at, at, there's, a, there's a time and a place for that. Uh-huh. You know, we, we tag, you know, it used to be in our defensive system that everything, each blitz had a different call. And if there was just one little thing about it, then you gave that thing a whole different name. And then we, you know, we started thinking, it's like, well, that's just – that's too much learning for the kids, you know, right. instead let's keep this call and just tag something onto it. You know, like, like the big thing we, we spent a lot of time emphasizing these last couple of seasons is when we run slants, you know, normally, you know, you talk about putting your weight, mental weight on that backside foot and pushing off and you're taking a 45 degree step and you're looking at the shoulder of the next guy over. Mm-hmm. Well, then we started tagging a wild, version of the slant to where now instead of looking at the shoulder of the next guy over now i'm looking at the shoulder of the guy i'm on and now i'm dipping and ripping or chop dipping ripping on that guy and and it's just that's that's made tremendous strides in in what we can do as a defense and just be able to make a little tag call that just changes the technique and now i've got a slant that's going to take me at a 45 and now i've got a slant that's going to take you know and it's all about where I'm putting my eyes and that, and when we run the wild version, I tell them, it's like, look, I want you to penetrate to the heel line and then find the ball and redirect, you know, and at first you get guys running five yards upfield going, Hey, I did a good job coach. I ran, I got super deep into the backfield. It's like, (laughs) yeah, you ran five yards upfield while the, while the play's coming underneath you right here. Right. And, And just, but, just giving them that other thing. It's like, okay, we're using our hands. We're using our hands. We're using our hands now, now kind of, I don't want to say the leash is off, but now you don't have to worry about that technique as much. And now you're just slipping that guy that you're on and getting to the heel line and keeping it real tight. You know, we used to run other things where we'd we'd actually angle, you know, towards the next guy. And I, I think everything I try to do, you know, we I've taught, Wrong arm and spilling, spilling and pushing vertical. And, and I think you know, in each system, it all works. But even if I was going to be in a four-three system now, I would never. I, I'm telling my guys, and no matter what we do, stay square to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You know, even even a, like a five technique, if if we get if we get a low hat inside and we get a puller coming at it, I want him taking it on with the inside arm and shoulder and staying square to the line of scrimmage. You know, we we don't even really use, you know, like a crash and scrape system anymore. We don't say, "Hey, the linebacker is going to make you right no matter what." It's like, no, that's your gap, that's his gap. Even right. though we're lining up with a hang up technique, you know, we're still using like a a two gap technique of hips and hands towards the movement of the offensive lineman. But you still, you know, there's a front door and a back door, mm-hmm. and if you know if he's coming hard. The, depending on what gap we're telling him in the system, if his gap's the you know if it's the inside B gap for an end or a tackle, then we want to make sure that his hit you know you cannot get beat inside. Right. Whereas if that guy goes outside, you can be a little slower to it and just make sure you keep your eyes on what's going on. But and then sometimes we'll be in that same head up technique and call a wild a wild slant. And now it's like, okay, you know, I want you to really, I, I am I'm definitely more of an over guy than a rip. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I, to me, I see a rip as a, in case of emergency, break glass and pull out rip move, you know, unless you're, unless you just naturally do it. If you're Mm -hmm. one of those guys that can just get under a guy and pop your hips and lift them and turn them great. But one of the things that i i've really held on to in in my defensive line philosophy is you know you're trying you're trying moves if 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 you're stuck throw that rip but lift him and turn him
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know and we get that with the wild stunt where with everything else it's it's hands hand hands hands and more hands it's like sometimes now i have the the opposite problem i'm telling a guy we're running a wild. And he's sitting there punching at the line of scrimmage. And he's doing, you know, you look at it, you go, damn, that's pretty good technique, kid. But it's not what I want on this right. play. You know, we right. want, we're trying, we're trying to, you know, use more of a blitz mentality with what we're doing. And if, and if you're, if you're preaching hands all the time, you're going to get, you know, the kids are really trying. They're going to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you have to kind of sell them on, okay, this is a different mode we're doing now. I, I'm real big on talking about modes, you know, it's like we have our base mode, we have our our stunt mode, we have our pass mode, and it's it's all different for where they're putting their feet and, and where they're where they're aligning, you know, like in what we do with our three four stuff is we're really backing off the ball now. And, you know, I it helps it helps with offsides, but it also helps with the mentality of what you're doing in that three four, which is reading what the guy's doing in front of you and uh-huh. then attacking it. So we always say, read, attack, read, attack, read, attack. And then if we're in pass mode, now we're really squeezing up to, you know, that's when we start talking to, you know, that line that everybody knows credit card, you know, des- distance off the ball. Now we're really crowding the line of scrimmage and now we're keying that ball. And as soon as that ball moves, now we get that long first step, get our hands up to be able to throw. Cause like when, Like I was, I I was starting to talk about it and then I got another stuff, you know, like to me, if a kid just comes off the line and throws a rip, you know, an offensive lineman's just going to clamp on that and and just turn you and run you into the ground, you know. And nowadays, I don't know about how they're calling it where you're at, but where we're at, an offensive lineman can throw a guy to the ground and then splash him and lay on him and, you know, Mm -hmm. bury his helmet on and they're, they're not going to call it. Right. You know, that's that's one of my pet peeves is you know, you always see these highlights on social media of these camps, <laughs> you know, and you get a guy who's a pretty decent old lineman, but he just grabs a he'll just grab a guy and chuck him to the ground and everybody's right. celebrating it like it was a pancake. It's like, no, that's a hold. <laughs> I, I mean, but oh, I shouldn't say that because I tell my guys, you know, there's no such thing as holding, you know, because people get mad, you know, because right. I mean, I was I played offensive line in college. I, I, I would, if I could have these rules right now, I'd be in hog heaven, you oh, know, yes. because back then, back then you grabbed somebody this much, they'd throw a flag. Now you can damn near do whatever you want. Right. Guy, my guys field to be so pissed off. They're like, coach, he's holding me. He's holding me. I'm like, that's your fault. And there's no such thing as holding. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, I don't even argue anymore now, I, you know, I'll, I'll go tell the side judge to remind the, you know, the umpire, or the back judges, it's like, Hey, can you, uh, can you keep an eye out on this, on what he's doing over there? Cause I mean, now they just let him maul. Mm-hmm. but if you throw that rip, you know, it's kind of, I'd rather see a, a chop into a rip, you know, or, or a cross club into a rip, something first before you throw that rip. Mm-hmm. And then, but I do tell my guys, if you throw that rip, you better lift and turn. You know, because now you're in a position and get hip to hip and lift and turn. That was something that, I, I mean, I've seen different ways, you know, you get it. You put a guy down on a knee, you know, and you you get them standing up. So you're teaching them that big hip movement. Mm-hmm. But I just think having them, having them lift and turn and then throw a counter off of that. If I see them do that with a rip, I'm not too mad. Other than mm-hmm. that, I mean, and it's funny. It's like, coach, I, I can't throw an over. I'm 5'10". It's like you could throw you could throw that over on anybody. Just don't call right. it a swim. You know? And we're, you know, probably repeating myself from before, but I always just say off, off hand over the elbow. You know, you hear, uh-huh. when I started hearing, you know, I go to clinics and I hear a guy from the pros or a division one, you know, Oh, tight arm over. I'm like, Oh, that's just a swim move. It's just a swim move. But it's like, right. you know, just the different ways that you you verbalize it, you know, I think to me keys different things right you know and put you in, in a different mode right because uh I, I mean but for well,
0: our d-line coach he played division three at concordia chicago and what he did was he called it a punch like you're here it punches through is what he would say like punch through and then you come through and now you're ripping back if they try to hold you the arm's coming back because that's what he played d-line in college and he's like that's what they did because he's like he got here and what does everybody want to do? They watch NFL. Sometimes they, they do this, the swim move. And he'll look at me like, Coach Steve, what would you do? Because I played O line. What would you do if someone did that? And I was like, right in the armpit, right in the rib, go. He goes, but what if you punched? You don't have this target. So I think it's maybe similar to what you're talking about, like right over the elbow to get through a little bit.
1: I like it. I And I've I've taught that, you know, and if I – if I get a guy that can just drop that hand and be gone, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna let them let them do that. Let the athletic guys do that. More of the nose guard types, I'm gonna tell them to punch through. I used to make it. It, it was fun. I'd say, hey, that guy's got a parrot on his shoulder, and you got to knock that parrot out. He's talking smack <laughs> to you. So you, you know, guys, hey, hey, punch the parrot, punch the parrot. You know, it, it's just like <laughs> stupid cues to get people doing what you want to. You know, as long as they're doing it, it's like whatever cue you got should work. But I, I do, I like the fact doing that punch, you know, we would do, I, I learned a really good drill from Coach Lapoy where we would take the two man sled and we'd work, get them, get them on the outside of the bag and they'd have to wheel their hip and spin the sled in a circle on the first cue. Mm-hmm. And I'd really be on them about having their thumb up and their elbow down. And then on the second cue, they would come off and punch their way through. Right. The only, the only thing that I, that happens sometimes is when they punch, they'll actually turn uh-huh. away from the blocker, you know, and it's one of those, it's one of those things about, you know, to hit flip or not to hit flip that, hmm. that was, I, I had, uh one of my guys off of the state championship team went on and played at the university of Idaho and he came back and he started coaching with us the last couple of seasons and their D line coach at Idaho played in the league and it, I've always been, you know, pull slide, you know, get the, get that little shuffle step. And then, you know, we started having conversations and debates and then some heated debates, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, I, and and I think the conclusion would be different positions require you to do different things and right. different body types and athletic abilities sometimes require you to do different things, but all things considered, if, if a guy's a great pass rusher and an athlete, You know, I I almost I don't even teach that hip flip anymore. It's just about a step through, you know, so it's more of like when you get guys that are saying, hey, just just run that hoop, run that hoop, run that hoop. You know, I even got to the point where I got away from the hoop for a while. And I'm like, well, I don't want the hoop because we're going to we're going to flip our hips and we're going to pull slide through that thing. And then we started working a little more of the run step through almost like that karaoke step. Oh, yeah. Um yep. our you, you know, and our our sack numbers went up a lot, you know. And I'm um, I'm just like everybody else. I I I'm, I love learning, you know. I'll I'll watch it, you know any video. I I watch the crap out of all that Craig Rose stuff. I mm-hmm. watch the crap out of D line bids, you know, anywhere I can find things. We're going to a big clinic in Reno in a few weeks. We're actually talking at this one. I'm excited. Ooh. And, but, but I'm not, I'm not so quick to implement those things. You know, right. I would come home as a younger coach. I'd come home from clinics. I would always take notes on file folders so I could just file my little notes away. And I got my, my lucky Sharpie pens and everything's in all caps and, and uh-huh. I'm getting made fun of by the other coaches. Cause I have good penmanship, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm taking these notes so that I could see things forever. But right. that, but I wouldn't, you know, half of the things I'd be taking notes on, I wouldn't, I wouldn't implement, you know, because you have to kind of, you know, bring it in and, and embrace it before you start using it. And I was slow to want, you know, I'm like, no, we got to clear the hips. We got to, we got to clear the hips and then we'll step through. And then, you know, we'd go back and forth and we, you know, we're over there in the meeting room running moves against each other and, (laughs) or deaths or all that kind of crap. And, and then it just, it made a lot more sense you know where i think if if you get hip flip you know then when you punch yourself through you're almost writing yourself you know i i do that a little bit more with noses just because you know they're they're just you know especially in a 3-4 defense you're head up on a center you know you got some you got some work to do to get to an edge you know where if you're just running to an edge a lot of times they're going to open they open up here and then all that offensive lineman has to do is just put his hand on the guy's hip and just run him out of town, you know, where it's like, it's hard, you know, to get the guy to get that lean and get that step through. But that's, you know, talk about cues. That's, that's been the thing that I've been saying the most on pass rush. It's like, Hey, it's not a win until you get that step through. You could, you could get, you can get that separation. You could start to get depth, but if you, if you've opened your hips and create that one yard distance from the guy, all he's got to do is drop step and then get right back on you. Mm-hmm. And you know, I remind my guys, Hey, you're costing yourself sacks. You know, yep. you just keep running your feet. I want your toes pointed at that quarterback. I want you running your feet and never stop throwing hand moves, but I don't, I'm, I'm definitely not teaching them that, you know, cause you watch some of those drills you know, where a guy will get up, he'll be running through the pop-ups, just weaving through pop-ups and they'll throw them. They'll throw that foot back and, you know, almost like they're trying to donkey kick somebody behind them. And it's just like, okay, that's that's a, a quick violent move, but look at how much space you've just separated laterally from the offensive lineman and you've got no closer to where you're trying to get. Right. Where you just, you get, you get that set and you just, work on that quick step through with, with a quick hand movement on the inside or a pop or a push or a club from the outside with something on the inside. I I really like that. You know, it's almost like for years I taught shot put and discus and, Mm -hmm. you know, some years it's like, Oh, I love, I love coaching discus, but, Chop put will just keep it simple. Or then other years, oh, I love coaching chop put. And I'm gonna come up with all these drills and then discus will keep it simple. It's kind of the same way between run and pass rush. You know, I I you know, I I did a, a another podcast before, and they're like, hey coach, what do you want to talk about? I said, I want to talk about stopping the run. And the guy, and the guy said, you know, like, hey, you're not too many people say that. Everybody wants to talk about pass rush. And like right. to me, it's that that's that's like candy and dessert you know you have to you got to stop them on first down and second down and then you have to earn your right to rush the passer Mm -hmm. on third down and because of that i i kind of you know you go back at the end of the season you go okay what did i put all my my time and effort into and what do i need to put a little more time and effort into and i mean i'm never going to not coach stopping the run as as Passionately as I do, but it also said, okay, you know, we need to, we need to up our time. You know, if I if I had 30 minutes of indie in in a practice day, 20 of those are going to be on stop and the run, and 10 of those are going to be on stop and pass. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, but
1: what I what I have tried to do is is just cram as much, many drills and reps into that 10 minutes as possible, you know, just to up the teaching and learning, and then Try to try to look at things, you know, because when you first you, you think pastor, okay, you know, you hit the pop ups, you do this, you do that. And it's just like, all right, I, I want to start breaking this down even more and, and start, you know, talking about, okay, where, where's our weight, you know, just simple things like rolling, rolling out of your stance, taking that long, replacing the downhand on the first step. Like I started doing using towels, using agility bags. Just put their hand on the other side of the agility bag with their feet behind it, so that on their they have to take that long first step and mm-hmm. get over the agility bag. When we're doing get offs, you know, where before you just you know you line four up across. If you're super cool, you got the football on the stick or the football on the rope. If not, you're using your foot or you got a, you got a ga. You know, somebody snapping the ball or you're snapping the ball, and you know just get off, get off, get off. Which are they're good, but you know if I could just add if I could add more things into the drills that I already do, that's when I feel like I'm getting better as a coach. Right. Uh, The the other thing we started debating about is just, you know, I would I'd get so comfortable in doing like my run progression stuff on the sled that I that I wasn't adding finishes to the drill. You know, and it it's like, well, but I'm focusing on so much on this that I don't want to worry about the finish. And the conclusions that we came to was Well, you still put all your attention on this, make them do the finish. Just don't, don't not, I don't want to say don't worry, but you know, just don't emphasize where, you know, as much on the thing where now we'll get on the, we'll get on the sled and we'll work our lock peak shed. And then I got somebody else behind there with an agility bag and then they'll start dragging that agility bag across. And now I got to shed off and I got a trail and then I got to go gator roll, you know, over on the, over on the agility bag and just keep adding finishes and building on to it. And I guess, Uh you know, I'd say more bells and whistles, but that almost sounds like I'm, you know, trivializing it, but it's just put more things on there and stack more things on that drill. And then it's just, it's still what you're comfortable doing. It's just now you've got that little wrinkle that you're
0: adding to things. Right. Um It was funny you talked about the weightlifting thing because when I walked on to play college football as an O-lineman, that was the first time that I actually did a power clean from the floor because in high school we did hang clean. And when I got Mm -hmm. there, they said, well, O-line, where are you at? You're on the ground, your hands in the dirt, so naturally you're coming from the ground. And so you did power clean. Then linebackers, they would do hang cleans because he was like, where are they naturally at? Well, they're naturally like squatted down. Now, they still do power clean, but they focused on hang clean because they said it's a quick movement. And then I never thought of that till college. And I was like, OK, so I did power clean for the first time off the floor. And I hated it because I was so used to hang clean at first. But then when I realized, I was like, actually, I kind of like this. So it's funny you brought that up because it took me back like position, like what makes sense to the position that you're doing. So like D-line did power clean from the floor, O-line did power clean from the floor because there was their natural like you're going from the ground. If that makes sense, yeah.
2: Oh yeah.
1: No, I, I'm I'm a big fan of specificity and tying it all together. You know, like that way that the guys know it's like, all right, why am I doing this in the weight room? Well, you're doing this in the weight room because it directly transfers over to what we're going to go do there on the field. You know, like even even our stance. You know, young me, you know, we're we're no matter run or pass, it'd be like, okay, we're super heavy on our hand. You know, you tell that guy, like, if you lift your hand up, you should fall on your face. And then you, you've got guys, you know, they're just pitching. They're they're way heavy on their toes and their heels are four inches off the ground. And it's just all that rolling out. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know, I, I still use some of those cues for pass rush. But like, <clears throat> when it comes to our run stuff now, I'm teaching guys to almost have their feet co- like completely like heels down on the ground. I tell my guys now, I do want to see a crack of daylight under your heels because the more of your foot you can have on the ground, the more surface area you have now to push off because, you know, we're not emphasizing that first step. So I want to have all kinds of feet on the ground so I can throw my hips and my hands into that target and match the movement, you know, because right. I, 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 to me, I hats off to people who run a true two gap system. Uh-huh. you know where it's just like that guy your job is to beat that guy across his face wherever he goes i mean that takes that takes a special kind of guy to be able to do that you right know, all the time because, because even with our our one gap scheme with the two gap technique you know we still get beat inside sometimes you know we have we have terms for that you know it's like okay you got beat inside now your job is to just crash that guy down as hard as possible take the air out of that gap because that gap now that you're on the other, that's your gap that he's in between now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to squeeze that thing down as hard as possible. Whereas if he's going away from our gap outside or now it's like, okay, now you play it inside out. You got a little more time to figure out what's going on in front of you. But it's just, I, I think doing it with our, with our feet flatter on the ground has made us a lot more successful for sure.
0: Yeah, that's the first time because, like, I was told get them in a sprinter stance so they're falling over like their toes. I never, never thought about like not quite is it not quite an O line stance, but like your feet. I never thought of that. It's all I've always known in a sprinter. Like we're trying to go, like right now,
1: right now. No respect, no disrespect to O linemen but I, you know, because they're our enemy on the football field. I tell them it's like I, I say fullback stance you know okay. because i get a, i get a lot of guys you know rug, rugby guys that that probably played some fullback you uh-huh. know in in high school and it's just like it show, you know when when i'm having a hard time teaching that stance i just tell them hey show me if you were a fullback show me your stance and they're damn near in that stance i want them to then i just tell them to get a little wider
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: what the, the term i use is like hey this is your big boy stance this is your this is your first and ten stance. You know, you got, you got your hard hat and your cool steel lunchbox and you came to work, buddy. There's nothing fancy about what we're going to do right now. And I, I've, I've kind of narrowed it down over the years since we've started using this style, but it, it's the feet are, are, should be super wide. You know, when, like, if you look at, at like cutups from like, the Niners or Baltimore or especially the Steelers, you know, when a true three, four defense, you know, even the inside linebackers, the D linemen, they're all in like a, like almost wider than shoulder width stance, Uh you know, and that, to me, that's going to make sure that you're, you're utilizing your hips. You know, if you're Uh to me, to me that, and it's going to keep you lower, you know, I, I always correlate wide stance, low, arrow stance, you know, a lot of times you get that problem with the guy popping up. You right. know, if if I'm teaching if if I'm doing pass rush stuff, I'd still I call it a, you know, hey, ride your 10 speed. Not that anybody rides a bike anymore. They all <laughs> know in. But, You know, they but they understand that. So now those those feet are tighter, but I'm but I'm trying to really gain distance off the ball. Right. Whereas when when we're in our big boy stance, I'm trying to match the movement so that that I can get knocked back, even even when we're in a shade. I I let them stack like when we're in our big boy stance. I I have I tell them to have even feet. Now mm-hmm. when we get into a shade, we I tell them to stagger a little bit, but it's not it's not that step hands step hands. It's right. throw your hips. You know your hips are the power. Your hands are going to be faster, but your hips are what's driving this thing. So throw those hips, throw those hands, and then right. you know aiming points. If we're in a shade, we're talking sternum bicep.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I have to tell them what a sternum is. That's okay. <laughs> I'm there to teach. You know, and where I really emphasize them attack, you know, the hand placement is put that hand right where the bicep attaches at the shoulder. And that way you can keep that that offensive lineman from coming up and grabbing the crap out of you. Where when we're in our head up, big boy stance is we're talking about putting thumbs in the armpits. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just landmark eyes, little 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 cues, 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 and some more cues. And I have to every year, you know, just from having a month or two off, I have to kind of shake the cobwebs off and remind myself of my progressions. And I, I mean, I have a manual, I have everything written down, and that's that's always a work in progress. You take something out, you add something in. But I I go back to all my notes and I start watching all my, I go back to the, the Mount Pete Jenkins and watch all my Pete Jenkins stuff at the beginning of every season again and right. kick myself in the head when I was, when I was just a young assistant coach, fresh out of college, he Pete Jenkins actually spoke at a clinic that we would go every year just past the San Francisco airport. And it was at the hyatt and the hyatt had a beautiful sports bar called knuckles and peanuts peanut shells on the ground and big beers and all the football talking and drawing crap on napkins you want and i look i'm and i i go back i have a a bag with all my clinic notes in it that i keep and i go back and i start looking at things saying okay i haven't used this in a long time do i want it or i use this all the time do i still want to use it and i looked and and I had I sat in a room with Pete Jenkins before I knew who the heck he was and mm-hmm. I had like three things written down. you know usually I have nine pages of notes and here I had three little things written down which shows you how much time I was spending up at knuckles that day <laughs> but it's just like, if I could go back in time all the questions I would ask that guy you know right. and just sit down and, and pick his brain but just yeah. Thinking of thinking of it in those terms, I think, you know, especially for a 3-4 defense, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, when we, I know, some, you know, like a lot of times, a lot of schools will run a 3-4 and all they'll do is slant out of it. They won't, they won't do the head up stuff, especially like, I've noticed that a lot with like 3-3 stack defenses, you know, it's just, you always want that, you know, guessing where guys are and dudes are moving and I don't, I don't knock. Any of it, you know, slanting's good, uh, but I do like just little subtle things. You know, if if our stance is this wide, okay, if we're slanting, just bring it in, bring it in just a little bit, you know, just and and like I said, everybody's different. Some dudes are are looser in the hips than others. Some people's hips are as wide as a desk, and some have skinny little hips. And but just being able to put their body in a position to be able to get to the spots that they they got to go, you know, where right. head straight ahead we can go super wide. If we're moving left or right, we narrow it down a little bit. If we're going, you know, if I'm tagging like the wild thing, I tell them, okay, you want to stagger a foot back, you can stagger a foot back and, and just get them comfortable into getting into that mode that we're really working on. Right. I, I'm at the point now where, and I, and I learned this, I I watched, I, I don't know if it was like a, a secret clinic, DVD that I I was able to get my hands on, but Rex Ryan speaking at at a at old line coaches only clinic. You know, like here's the things that we do to stop what you do, and you know, the big things I learned from that was ability alignment. You know, it's it's like like young coaching, or if you're just if you're keeping to to the the pillars of what most coaches teach foot to crotch, you know, Mm -hmm. your foot better be splitting that guy down the middle. I'd always tell my guys, Hey, if you lift your foot up, you'd be kicking them in the dick. Now it's more like I progressed to doing more of an ability alignment thing. Hey, if you're getting beat, if you're in a shade and you're getting beat inside, 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 Hey, scoot out a little bit, you know, we'll get to Mm -hmm. the point, you know, using, I, I mean, I know some coaches talk about line your eye up with his eye. To me, that's, kind of a harder landmark to judge, you know, I do it more often the feet because that just moves your body. Like, okay, scoot towards his foot a little bit. If it's still not working, scoot a little more towards his foot. If it really ain't working, get toe to toe with that guy, you know, Mm -hmm. because our, our number one rule in a shade is don't get reached, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not a, I've been around guys that really, that have Gotten deep into the teaching pedagogy and, you know, the psychological things. And it's like, don't say the negatives, always say the positives, you know. Don't say, don't, you know, don't let them in. Hey, keep them out. You know, and and at first I kind of scoff at crap like that. I'm like, all right, you know, you're getting all psychological about this crap. It's just football. But then you realize it's like, well, th- these are useful tools.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I
1: I still haven't gone to the route of using art of war quotes for everything in my life you know like some coaches do maybe one day I'll get there too but you know just I and and I'm like I said but with this one it's like hey don't get reached and so it's like we'll 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 squeeze in we'll squeeze out based on stuff like that and rule number two is don't allow the I I call it jump through now you know scoop Mm -hmm. you know, so that if that guy's trying to get the other way to allow his, you know, and posting you up to allow his buddy to come get you. I mean, I've almost gotten to the point where, you know, you watch things and and you see guys just, they have a name or for every concept. And, and it, I, now granted, I, I get to work with my guys every day, all day. I don't have to worry about Switching back and forth to each side of the ball, or wondering, hey, did we get enough offensive work today, or is this a defensive day? You know, it's just D line defense all the time. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, it. It. I got to the point where I'd say, you know, okay, is he reaching you inside or is he reaching you outside? And it, and it, you know, it's whatever I got to do to make it stick in their brains. The the one thing that I, that I I heard, and this this is a, I'm trying to always give credit for the crap. I steal. (laughs) (laughs) We know coaching is is stealing, but you know, you give props to who (laughs) you stole it from. And and, you know, the, the thing that the concept that really helps it make sense is that guy is going in, in one of four directions. He's going forward, he's going backwards, he's going left or he's going right. You know, that that's it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, I think, you know, simplifying things that much, you know, you I I feel like you get guys to play faster. You know, yep. I'm not going to say all the paralysis through analysis and all the terms like that. I just, you know, I try to stay a dumb D-line coach and just eat red meat and growl. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when you when you boil it down like that, it just it makes a lot of sense. You know, like over the years we we have different tags or calls, you know, one, one call will have us always lining up left to right. That's no matter what formation they come out in, you know, you're always going to be on this side. You're always going to be on that side. And then when we would go to our, our strong front, you know, like a, like a four, three under, you know, then we're flipping strength, flipping to the strength. And then we started doing it to where we have calls to where we'd flip the three, four to the strength. And last year's group, you know, great group, nobody, you know, not dumb guys. It's Mm -hmm. just as a, as a defense, when we would start doing stuff like that, we would lose our minds and find, you know, and I'm, I'm the the crusty guy in the meeting room saying we can't do it anymore. We can't do it. You know, where we started developing tags that would get the same concepts, but without having to flip the defense. I mean, because we would have a call, a blitz call, You know, like if we're running a zone pressure and we could run it out of our regular left to right stuff, everybody knows exactly where they're going. But we could also have that same zone pressure and we're flipping to the strength. So now that zone pressure that's normally coming off the left, now it's coming off the right. And it's like if you're in it, but if you're the main guys involved in the blitz, you're going to be okay. But -hmm. if you're that three, four nose, that's no matter what we're running, that dude's in a zero. He's head up on the center. Now he's got to know, okay, okay. We just called something that had our guys flip. So now that call that's usually coming from my left. Now it's coming from my right. Now I got to know to slant away from that. And it is just like that, that with that group, it was just too much thinking and Mm -hmm. and we couldn't, we couldn't play freely. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I'm definitely not a fan of at most levels, but especially where we, where we play at, we can't stay in one look all day long. Right, you know, we go against teams that have great offensive coordinators, and will run a multiple formations at us all day long. And if they see us staying in the same thing all the time, they're gonna they're gonna start picking us apart. Right, right. and so it's like we get we get different looks, but we're not as complicated as we once were. You mm-hmm. know, I, I've heard coaches say you know, look complex, be simple. And, and I'm all for that, but you know, you have to have, it's, it's our job to get even, no matter where they're going, the, the playbook's going to be thick of, you know, whatever defense they're going to be running at a four-year school after they leave us. Mm-hmm. I mean, and especially if it's, if, if its aad 2 a, a D two, a three or an NAIA, I mean, because those those are the kinds of schools where it's like, we have to be, you know, they hang their hat on being smarter than the other guy. So right. it's like being smarter than the other guy. It's like, we're going to, we're going to have, we're going to have a lot more calls. And I'm really happy because we, we have so many things. I mean, because we, we have the the bands, uh-huh. the wrist coaches with the, with the bands in it. And also we have hand signals that we use. So, I mean, we could have 30 calls on the band and another, 15 to 20 that we can hand signal in. And they got to know all that stuff. And they say, coach, that's a lot of stuff to learn. I said, yeah, well that's why you're in college. You're here to learn this stuff. But then when they go, they get a scholarship and they go somewhere else. Now they're not only competing, they're starting because they can absorb that that coordinator's playbook and not get left behind and, and stuck where you get some, some teams, you know, where they just have super athletic guys. And so they're just like, well, let's just, run threes and ones inside. That's all we gotta do. Threes and something, hey, you're in a one now, now go to a three. Or sometimes we'll get really crazy and we'll line you up in a three and then you cross face on the snap. I mean, that that's great. If you got athletes, you're gonna win, but mm-hmm. when that athlete goes to a four-year school, they're not they're gonna have a hell of a time absorbing that playbook and getting to the point where they can not only know the plays, but be able to run them free, freely and quickly and and compete. And I, I just, I, our guys come back and they say, you know, thank you for having what you had in because it allowed me to go to the next level and start. Right. And then not, and then not bring me a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the, the running the running joke has always been, I tell them, it's like, Hey, I, I just want to get you, I want to help you get a scholarship, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't go out. I'm not one of those guys that's just like, Hey, look at me, look what I can do. I'm the, I'm the this guru, the that guru. I just go coach my ass off and try to get my guys good. I say, hey, when you get when you get somewhere, just bring me back a shirt. I'm like one for eighty. I had one guy. I had one guy. And it's my guy that came back from Idaho, and it and I damn near cried. He gave me, he, he reached in his bag and he grabbed me out a sweatshirt. So I guess the sweatshirt makes up for the fact that I didn't get t-shirt. And it was just like right on. I I got I won't name him. Amir, but, um, (laughs) one of my guys is, uh, just wrapped up at Washington state. And it's like, and and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I tell you, I tell you once or twice, I joke about it, but then like, once you leave, I'm not going to sit there and say, Hey buddy, where's my shirt? Where's my, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's, that's just not my personality. And you got other, you got other stuff to think about. If you think about it, that's, that's awesome. And he came back, back from, from school and he had, you know, he's got his. He's got his Washington State backpack. He's got his Washington mm-hmm. State gear on, this and that. I'm like, oh, you look good. And he sees me, and I'm sitting at the main desk in the athletic building. I'm sitting behind there, and he's like, hey, coach. And he starts to walk in. And he's like, oh, wait a second. And he goes into his bag, and I'm like, is this the moment I've been waiting <laughs> for? Is this what I want? And he goes in, and but then he pulls out a mask, and he puts his mask oh, on. And, and I'm just sitting
0: there going, oh
1: shit and then I was kind of mad at myself for being all butthurt about it it's just like hey man it's a shirt don't worry about it dude now when I saw his position coach at a showcase in Oakland I I ratted him out to the position coach but what's funny is he's like oh the the guys that go to the league it's the same way I you know from Washington State just bring me back a jersey so that we can mount your jersey in the building Mm -hmm. and now most all the guys from Laney that have gone pro, they're really good. You know, there there are some in Coach Beam's office, but right outside his office in the hallway upstairs, you know, we've we've got jerseys of of guys that that have gone on to great things. Yep. You know, Nashawn Wright, who's playing with the Cowboys right now, you know, his jersey's sitting right there with a little with a little note on it to to Coach Beam and everybody at Laney, you know, thanks for the memories and get mm-hmm. me ready. And it's like every day our kids walk by and say, that, you know, the number one goal is to get your ass to a four year school and get your degree. But that's the ultimate goal right there. If you can take your butt and go play in the league, you know, then you you become part of a, a small group of people that mm-hmm. have done big things.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm always about the gear when you said that. I was like, where's the gear? I don't have guys playing in college. i are like, where's the gear, though? Like, that's what I want. I want all the gear so I can wear it all the time. That's funny. I think you told me that last now, time too.
1: Right. Now, when it comes to our stuff, I'm a I'm a I'm a clothing hound. I'll, when all the Laney stuff, soon as soon as something new comes out, it's like, hey. Or if or if it was given out at a time I wasn't, you know, like a couple nights a week, I gotta leave like right after practice to go to the fitness center. And if I come back the next day and they got something I don't have, I go I go straight to my guy, Kev. You know, it's like, hey Kev, Kev, where are these <laughs> where are these new shirts I've been
0: seeing? Or these sweatshirts. <laughs> It's like, I'm, he's like, Hey, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm like coaching gear. Where is it? Oh, what are we getting? Oh, well, give me that one and that one. And then on top of that, you give me that too.
1: All right. Time. And now, and now I got to have two sets, just like anything in life. You know, there's my in shape set of stuff. And then there's my not so in shape set of stuff. Yep. Yep. And I, and I got So it's almost like when I go, it's like, all right, give me, give me a two, give me a three. Give me a yep. two, give me a three. I know this three is going to fit. I'm hoping this two fits. Except now everything we get is, is like a lot of stuff we get is like the golf fit or the yes. slim fit. Yep. And it's just like, damn it, Nike. You're not thinking about me with all this slim fit <laughs> crap.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I blame the supply chain with that. I'm like, oh, you're just doing this because you can't get the other stuff.
1: But yeah, everything's golf. One year we did a uh, the... When the NFL had the uh, what was it the the, the HSPD program mm-hmm. where they you know and they you if you worked that you know you got a big old bag of gear and you know they say okay what size do you want this and I was like all right we'll give me this size because like, I think I'm sure everything will fit if I get it this size and obviously sometimes a three X that's made in China is not the same three X you're going to get at the big and tall store. it's like it was like some kind of fleece vest and i put it on and it it was just like shit looked like i bought it at build-a-bear and i was just i can't i can't wear this it's like damn it put it i give that stuff away as quickly as
0: i can find somebody here you want this that kind of shit is never gonna yeah that kind of happened to us we we Went to a seven-on-seven that the Chicago Bears put on, like, their program. So it's, like, just some schools. It's seven-on-seven competition. And an O-line challenge, too. So, like, it's two days. And then at the end of the second day, near the end, over the intercom, they're like, can all O-linemen and D-linemen come down to the end zone? So we go down the end zone. And they've got horse troughs, like six of them, just full of Chicago Bears gear. And it was only for O-line and D-line, not the seven-on-seven guys. It was them. They're like, literally, the lady goes, dig in. And they just went at it. There were socks, shorts, shirts, whatever. But there was so much stuff left over that they said, they whispered, like, we can't take this back to the Chicago Bears. They want all of this gone. And so they're like, coaches, grab stuff. And we were like, don't mind if we do. So we went over there and started grabbing stuff. And I did the same thing. You're grabbing bags. And some things I grabbed, I was like, okay, this is a 2X or a 3X. Like, if it's a long sleeve, it's a 3X. I want it to be a little bigger. If it's two shirts, 2X. Some of that stuff, though, with 2X was like skin tight. It's supposed to be like workout gear. And I was like, nope. It's like it's like Play-Doh coming out. <laughs> like, nope, nope, nope. I gave it to a player. I walk over. I was like, you guys got enough gear? Well, here, this don't fit me. And I started throwing it at him. I'm like, you don't need that. But it was just funny how, like, it's their sideline gear the Bears have and everything. And I'm like, this ain't a 3X. This is a 1 or a medium. It's not It's not a 3. It's a medium. <laughs>
1: Oh, I I was just talking to this with a guy I work with here, you know. I'm I'm I can't lie. I I've I've grown accustomed to online shopping, and, but there's no worse feeling. You know, you you order something online, it comes, and then you put it on. And you're like, ah, oh, this doesn't, doesn't fit. I gotta send mm-hmm. this crap back. Yep. Although the last time I bought, I I wear jeans about maybe once a year. To me, that's <laughs> like that's it's like a suit if I wear jeans and a collared shirt. I'm like, look at me. I'm like, I'm wearing a tux. And I, I bought a pair of jeans and they fit too big. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. They fit too big. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in the damn bag and send it back and get another one. It's, <laughs> it's like when it goes the other way, it's a good feeling. But then you get something that's like, oh damn it. Cause we used to get we used to get a lot of stuff from the Raiders, you know, mm-hmm. when they a lot just and they would be in like the big rolling bins. Uh And then I feel like it just brings out like the American picker in me, you know, you're just going (laughs) through the bin. Right. (laughs) I was on the never ending quest. They, you know, the Nike lifting shoes Uh there, you know, they're like two, they're like $200 shoes, you know? And then you have to, you know, young me would be, Oh, I'll, I'll get an expensive pair of Jordans or some of these, And you know, then you get a little older and you, you're supporting a family. You're like, Oh, no, I'm, not, I'm not spending all this money on this crap nope. and there was one one shoe in the bin of the lifting shoes and it was my size and but it mm-hmm. wasn't it, they weren't tied together to something else i must have looked through about 300 pairs of shoes trying to find the, <laughs> the mate to it
0: like, come on and it wasn't in there it was sad that's the worst that's the worst uh because that happened with the bears stuff. There was no socks left. There's no shorts left. It was like five X's or four X's. And I'm like, who's wearing this? Like it was huge. But like then all of a sudden you see this big old D line or line wobbling over that's in high school. Give me those. <laughs> he's bigger than me. And I'm like, oh, you take them. It's okay.
1: I know. We a million years ago when I was coaching it in my first high school, we had a kid that he was he, he was a giant boy, and we couldn't find anything for him. I I had to I had to call up Cal Berkeley and say, you know, I I got a I got a kid who is just giant. I just need I need to get him into some pants or, you Mm -hmm. know, grab this or or, you know, you get a kid with like some size 17 feet. You know, where the hell can you find some size 17 cleats? And then now just like from from us keeping things in our equipment room that we've gotten over the years from the NFL. You know, if if I got a kid with a size 20 shoe. I got a pair of cleats for him in the back. I don't know, I don't, I don't know when the hell I'm ever going to find somebody with a size twenty shoe. But if we do, we got some cleats for his
0: ass. Jesus, that kind of happened to us. We have a freshman. He's probably my height. He's six five or six six, and he's got to be three hundred pounds. Like, and he's huge. And for basketball, at least, he orders practice jerseys, and then they have a player package which pays off that. They're not very expensive. And I he remembers seeing him before basketball started. He goes, Steve, go find out what jersey he is, because I don't know if I ever order two X's or three X practice jerseys ever for a basketball player if he plays basketball. And he did. So he's like, oh, shit. So he had to order like a three X practice jersey. We I and mean, we got brand new jerseys in general. So he had to make sure we had a big one just for him. And he goes, he may be the only kid that ever wears that in this building. Bec- we, we may never again. And, oh.
1: That's that's when he gets the giant one from the sports store that doesn't have any stripes or doesn't have the name of the school on it or anything. It's just a giant white jersey with a number on it. It's like here, be is happy this, kid.
0: Is this marker on the jersey on this? Yeah, we wrote it on there for you. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> Duct tape, the number on it.
0: That's what he was he thought about that, but luckily we were able to get it. And I'm like, I think it was the same thing with the helmet. We had to get him a big helmet. And I tell people how big he is in their eyes. i talked to college coaches, their eyebrows raised at him. Like what? He's a freshman. And I was like, yeah, he's freshman six, five, about 300 pounds, eyebrows raised. And I'm like, I remember he's a COVID kid. You gotta remember now, like he's, he's never been coached before. So you gotta give me time. Like, right. you gotta give me some time with him. I said, when he's a junior, come talk to me again. But I said, right now he's got, he's a baby. He's a little baby.
1: I, you know, I, I'd say this. I, I spent I coached high school football for about 14 years before I made the jump over to the college level and mm-hmm. I I kind of told myself I mean and granted there's there's a million headaches of where we're at and we get temper tantrums and kids quitting after or in the middle of a game or just all the dumb crap that goes with it but if I if I ever coached high school again I'd want to coach freshman you know just built I mean you look at how many kids that go back and say you know I my love of the game was was based off of this pop corner coach I had that just made me love what I do and made me feel supported and coached and well coached and and then you get guys that you know just say oh I had a a shitty JV coach or a shitty freshman coach and that's why I don't play anymore or that Mm -hmm. I quit and just you know to be now, I, I got I got some years in me before I do that again. But I think, like, towards the end, I think that'd be a nice little pivot. You know, to go do that instead of feeling like maybe I, you know, I'm, I'm too old and not relating to the guys at the college level. Although I I, I don't know, I talk so much shit to them, I don't feel <laughs> like it's
0: ever going to get to that. But <laughs> yeah, uh, this is the first time I've coached freshman basketball I've never coached freshman football I've been varsity since I was 18 19 years old after walking on don't know anything else
2: and I realized this
0: year coaching freshman basketball that I was treating them it was almost like varsity football I'm yelling I'm doing this my heart rate's going up to 170 beats per minute because you're freaking out and the past two weeks I've gone back and kind of thought the same thing I was like I don't want to run these kids off I don't want to make it a horrible experience even though they're pushing my limits a little bit with how they're acting. But this past week and a half, I've taken a step back and I looked at them. I said, I'm going to treat you like varsity athletes in the aspect of it's on you. Now I'm going to put you in positions to do well. We're going to work on things, but if you don't give effort, blah, blah, blah. And I'm more positive. I'm more, you know, whatever, because it's their freshman year. I don't want to run them off. And yesterday we played our best basketball game of the entire season yesterday. Like it just all clicked all of a sudden. And I was like, okay, I've got to realize when I'm the varsity football coach and how that works and then the freshman basketball coach, how that works as well. because I've never done both at the That's same awesome. time at the same time
1: I, but i I go through that dilemma even now. It's like, how much do you yell? I mean when when I've, i when I got done in college i I floated around for one year, and then I started coaching mm-hmm. and And I started coaching at the varsity level too, at the high school that that I played at and i i think that i mean i i don't think i ever bel- belittle i mean you look back and you probably like oh i probably shouldn't have said that or yep you know you, you might have hurt that that dude's feelings or something like that and now it it's one of those ones if it's if it's a a mental mistake or a technique error or something like that i'm i don't get pissed anymore i'm i'm just i'm there to teach now, if it's a, if it's an effort thing, then I'm losing my mind. Right. Loo- and then you're standing next to me while somebody else gets a chance to do it. You know, right. it's just, we've, we've been lucky that the way the, what we emphasize on defense and the, and the culture that I think we've created there. Cause we just, that we just finished year 11 at Laney. I've been there 11 seasons now. And you know, the running joke this year was year 11, you're eleven, you know. Like something would happen that, you know. Oh, we're finally doing this. Well, fuck, you're eleven. We should be able, <laughs> We should be making strides and doing this by now. Right. But it, it, and, you know, at the same time, if we're if we're getting our asses whooped, I don't want to be sitting there with a smile on my face. But it, it, it's just all that screaming and yelling. I know it ain't good for me, and mm-hmm. it's probably not good for them. But at the same time, you know, you, you get on all levels, you know, there's that clip that's running around right now. That's uh saving and, uh, and I think S- and coach smart, you know, when they're at LSU uh-huh. you know, and a guy's coming off the sideline and they're both just ripping that kid a new one. And, you know, and the, and the talking point is, is this, is this working on kids today? Would you want your kid to be coached like that? Or do you think it's effective? And I, you know, you talk about COVID kids. Most, most of these kids are, you know every generation says it about the, the next one after them I mean, it's they're they're very sensitive they're very and there's a lot of they don't want to be embarrassed in front of their peers
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and when you start doing you know it's like if i'm if, if i'm doing or saying something that makes you turn off and not even think about the words i'm saying much less it, it go out there and try and do what we're trying to get you to do it's it's like i feel like i haven't done my job as a coach Mm-hmm. Where, But it's also if if they feel like no matter what they do, I'm just going to pat them on the head and tell them good job. Then that's that's not right either. You know, right. it's just it's it's finding that balance. I, I saw I saw a video, you know, and you wonder how much of it's like social media propaganda. And it was a it was a guy talking about it was a black police officer. So and, and I mean, this one was real talking about how he had his partner when he first got on the force was was a white police officer and they and it was predominantly a black neighborhood that they were in and all these guys you know these people in the neighborhood you know are coming up and just talking to this cop and just saying oh you know having great relationships with them and the young police officer is like well is this guy just letting everybody get away with everything is that why everybody loves him and and it's just like he gave him the point it's like no matter these people know we're here to do our job and these uh-huh. people know there's a lot of crime, and these people know that somebody's probably gonna go to jail tonight. But as long as you treat everyone with dignity and respect, then you're gonna you're gonna get more accomplished than you ever thought you would. And uh-huh. and it's one of those ones where it's like it it clicked with me because it's it's kind of the not that I not that I was trying to disrespect people as a younger coach, but I think. Uh-huh you know when you're when you're passionate and and all you're thinking about is results i think sometimes you can overlook the people that you're trying to coach and you're not treating them with dignity and respect and when you you learn to do that when you build that relationship i mean and once again this was all the stuff when i was a young teacher you know I was like yeah 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 whatever i say they do that's how it's supposed to work i'm right. i'm the role model I'm, I'm the authority figure and and it was easy for me to think like that because as a player, I, you know, it, I, I, I didn't have much of a father figure growing up. So it's like those coaches became my father figures and Hey, you tell me to do something. I'm, I'm going to do it the best I can do. And I, 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 I think I finally, maybe two days ago, learned to get thick skin, you know, (laughs) but no, it's been a little longer than that, but it's, I see it. My son's 17 now. And, and I see it in him. It's like, oh, you don't like being criticized. And you don't like being told you're wrong about something. You know, and I was the same way, but you just you'll you take it from those guys. And and because you you love and respect, you want their approval. And, you know, a lot of players these days, they're not so much worried about their coach's approval. They just want they just want a flash and they want a scholarship and they want to go. You know, be able to show everybody their highlights and where I I work really hard to really develop relationships with my guys so that, you know, they know it's like, hey, if I'm if I'm yelling about something, it must be really important. And I really mean it, you know. Right. I mean, my my probably most my blood pressure goes up these days in my meeting room, you know, we'll go we'll go just have our defensive line meetings and. You know, my guys are just idiots and it's sometimes they, you know, they can't stop joking or telling uh-huh. each other to fuck off or, mm-hmm. Hey, give me, give me that candy or give me your what, let me get some of your, you know, and I'll be real easy for, Hey guys, let's, let's dial in. Let's, let's go. And I, I try not to use what the, the term of the year lock in, You know, everybody says lock in, lock mm-hmm. in, lock in, lock in. I'm like I get it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like when something becomes a catchphrase, everybody says it without kind of yeah. understanding what it actually means. And then on about the fourth to fifth time, I'm just yelling, at everybody shut the fuck up. And so right. we can, we can get to what we're learning here and, and you know, because sometimes I'll only get, you know, 15, 20 minutes before we, you know, between the, 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 all defensive meeting and then when we got to be out on the field so it's like we got a few things we got to watch here on film you know a couple things from practice our practice and then some things for our upcoming opponent we don't got a lot of time for this right where but i i do find that you know talking to them more than yelling at them makes makes it a it makes me enjoy the experience more so which i think comes back around to having them enjoy the experience more but I also remind them, I say, you know, this is this is the last happy stop on your tour, because when you go to a four year school where that coach, where that coach's job, where that coach's wife goes to work or in her circle of friends, where that coach's kids go to school is all determined on your guys's performance as a group and as a team. And you start messing that up, then you're going to get a different side of that coach because. You know, he, he doesn't want to mess up his good time and get fired. And, right. and most of those guys are trying to work their way up the ladder to bigger and better things. So they're gonna they're gonna work your ass into the ground and they're not gonna have a lot of tolerance for things. You know, right. I, I get guys that come back, you know, at all at at all levels, but you know, it's like they coach, they we're not working in our, our fundamentals all the time like you at us work. You know, we gotta do that stuff on our own. It's just mm-hmm. We, we're just working on where to line up and and everything we're doing, you know, because at that level, they're running, they're damn near revamping their schemes every week to match right. their opponents. Right. Yeah. You know? And and that that amount of, you know, you don't get a lot of time to hit the sled or, or you know, put your hand, you know, I do a lot of stuff from a fit. I'm a big, big believer in that. I, I think that's one of the things that I got from the shot put disc stuff is like, start from the end of the movement and work your way backwards Mm -hmm. i'm i'm a huge in that plus i i think too you know talk about changes in in styles in the beginning you know i'm i'm trying to beat the hell out of them as much as i can in our 10 minute individual time or five minute individual time and now i think about mileage you know as my body starts breaking down at my age you know it's like if i wouldn't have done this so much i'd probably have a little more mileage on my shoulders or Or my knees or whatever and so fit you know keeping the contact kind of low you know and and one of the other things i started doing you know just listening to joe rogan talk about tie boxers you know where Mm -hmm. they're not they're not full-on sparring all the time they're play fighting they're touching you know you're still working your technique but you're getting your touches in And I started to try to implement that a little bit into my individual time where we're not just smacking the crap out of each other. Now, that being said, we're we're up against the the new fad in offensive football is I don't know if you see it. Do we call it duo? It's (laughs) basically just power, you know, power with no pullers. Right. And it's just double, double team, double team, double team. So every every day. I have a five minute double team drill where the point of emphasis is, hey, beat the crap out of the guy in front of you. And I make sure that I get guys, you know, we'll, I do a, all that'll be in little three man pods. And then we'll either all go at once or I'll go down the line and try to get quick reps. I make sure that I got guys that that are competing for the same spot lining up against each other mm-hmm. i make sure i get guys that you know i put the shit talker versus the other shit talker or the yep. the young bull versus the old bull everything i can to you know like hey you know and i remind them i said you know all our other individual drills a lot of sled work a lot of fit you know not a ton of contact so i want you to beat the hell out of each other in this fight you know and they got at first they're like oh i mean they realize it works you know because yep. But then you know, you always get this little groan out oh, coach, especially about week seven or eight when everything's aching and right they got tape on all their fingers and they're trying to run away from indie time to go see the trainer and I'm driving them <laughs> back over.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's the worst. The worst. But I mean we we saw that out of out of everybody, you know, like we we lost our, our playoff game to a american river which is a really good program and but we beat them during the regular season you know during during the regular season it was it was just a lot of two by 210 zone 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 no you know everybody runs an occasional power but just a lot of zone blocking and, and we ended up doing well against them and we won a close game when we saw them in the playoffs they started shifting more towards you know like 11 and 12 personnel with a tight end and a wing and just everything was duo and mm-hmm. during that game we we didn't have the answers up front you know our guys my guys were dinged up i you mm-hmm. know one guy with a really bad shoulder one guy with a really bad thumb and and that's when you start seeing you know i was looking at the film from the first game to the second game, first game, some of my guys are just striking the hell out of those old linemen and getting big time separation. And then you start seeing when they're all nicked up and hurting, you know, you just, you see their hands down low and they're leaning into stuff with their shoulders. And it's like, I mean, and our, our standards have gone up over the years before, if one of my, you know, I'd say, Hey, I'm trading in a hostage situation. I'm going to trade one of you for two of them old linemen, you know, where now it's like, no, you got to play that double team. You got to come out the other side and you mm-hmm. got to go make a play on the ball. And right. it's not, it's not that anymore. You know, it, it's, I still believe if the double team's taking you into the, you know, next week, you got to put your chest on the ground and make all that. But we, we don't turn. I, even now, you know, we talked earlier about staying square. I, I want, when we're playing the double team, I want you, you know, cause usually we're in a head up technique. I still want you banging and knocking back that guy in front of you and then dipping that shoulder, to the drive guy and then shedding off of that and right. you know where you see you see now it's like i remember the old technique you know hey turn your body sideways or you see you know even some of the pro guys go you know almost taking a knee you know mm-hmm. to stop that but where it's we see a lot of combo stuff too now. Right. Where it's like, yeah, you're you're going to get a shot from that down guy, but then he's pushing up to a linebacker. So you got to ride the storm with that, and then be able to rock back and shed off of that block. And to me, staying square does it. Now we do. You know, I'm I'm not. We we're, we're dipping. You know, when we're coming off of that, I want a full extension. Then we're going to dip and shed off of that. And that's when I really talk about throwing a punch through, especially on the double team, you know, uh-huh. cause I want all, all their momentum coming through that gap. Right. But when, when we played in the playoff game, we weren't doing that up front and we, and we were late in the game, bringing a safety down. That's like, when we go to this clinic in Reno, I'm going to corner every person that I, that I think has knowledge on it. Hey, how do we stop duo? How do we stop duo? How do we stop duo? Right. San Mateo did it, who ended up winning the state championship this year. And they're, they're a great program, really, really well coached, but we held them to 22 points, which, which I think was their lowest point total of the whole season. I mean, in the, in the state playoff game, they ended up scoring like 50 points or something. Like oh, wow. That. Wow. Yeah. And, and we, you know, it's it, part of it was what we did up front, but, Bringing a safety, you know, bringing a safety down all the time really screws that up because you know they they have to bring a receiver to come inside to match what that puller is going to do. That the puller they're not getting off of that. Right. Although the biggest the biggest thing that's messing with me on that is, you know, we're head we're head up on head up on a tackle, and we're and we're we're knocking that dude back, but then we're just getting mopped from either the tight end coming down or that wing coming down, because our, in our scheme, our natural gap is the inside B. So mm-hmm. it's like, we're, we're knocking that guy back and getting our eyes in B, but then we're getting, we're getting heavy down and it, and it doesn't follow our double team rules because I'm not, we're not, work, we're not splitting that into our, you know, mm-hmm. into that gap. Right. That's not our gap. Right. So it's like, I, I will definitely be on the, on the hunt to see what, what really messes that
0: up. Do you guys run a a version of that in your program? Um, I've been arguments with people. We just double team on inside zone really don't. So they're like, I've been in debates. Well, that's duo, right? I'm like, well, no, it's inside zone. We're just double teaming all over the place. You know what I mean? Like, so I steal that, but like we're reading the backside end. So I really don't run duo, but I took double teams of duo That's because us offensive guys, we always argue about what's what. Like, is this inside zone? Is this duo? Is this midline inside zone? Like, there's a mid zone. Is it this zone? So it's just two whatever. And I'll stir the pot on Twitter. I'll be like, oh, this is inside zone or duo. And then everybody comes out of the woodwork. Then I do it on purpose because I want to see who's going to get pissed off. And like, (laughs) but we I double team all over the place on inside zone. So I guess you could say the – front side is kind of like that but we're not blocking the backside end at all at all
1: yeah i right. i i like that i mean i think running zone one of the hardest things to account for is that low shade you know if you're mm-hmm. running it you're running everything to a three technique life's a little bit easier yep but if you're trying to run, if you're trying to run it at that low shade it's it's tough you know if that guard leaves too early now that center's got to try and and get his helmet outside on one that's that's a tough one and i i i I developed when when i first started coaching just fresh out in high school we ran air force option Uh and i i've i've done air force option wing t i i hate to admit it in public but we ran veer for a few years i i know some people would stab me for saying anything bad about the Houston split back veer, but I, that was, that was one of the most boring offense that I've ever (laughs) been a part of and and coached where at least like, like with the air, the old air force stuff, you know, you got double wing, you got three-step motion. He can, Mm -hmm. he can keep it going. He could yo-yo back. You've got, you know, you've got all your, your mid inside outside handoffs, QB Mm -hmm. follow, run a toss, run a suite you could even run you know counters and and everything out of it and, right. and but everything we did with that was just staying square work the double up to the linebacker yep and and granted i i enjoyed coaching zone stuff too you know it's just it it in a way it's it's i don't know it's debatable it's it's simpler but it's not you know right. you get you get guys that have a hard time knowing like. When to chase and when to when to move up.
0: Whereas mm-hmm. I think it's smart doing it with the double teams. Well you then know, the, Just then the footwork. Then it's figuring out how to get them to where is you know a coach. I always talk to Coach Rudolph. He's the old coach at Ohio University, and that's who I talk to sometimes for this. They is it a scooch technique? So it's like kind of looks like a skip pull, but it's not. Where they're scooching over, sucking the air out to make sure they're going forward, and then. I, and then it's terminology, and you're trying to do that. And then then, then at some point, you get frustrated. And you go, well, I don't care about your footwork no more. As long as you get your ass there, it's fine. Like, who cares? And then, you know, how how do you overtake this double team? And Like you said, do they leave too early? Are they doing this? And then off of that play, then we do what I call ISO, where now we're blocking the end, but we're inserting a wing underneath into the backer. So now it's the same blocking scheme, but now we're inserting a guy. So now we're going to see if that linebacker chases the wing. Can we do something else? But then, how do people stop that? Well, they go four eyes. Then, how do you combat four eyes? You read them, or you trap them in an offensive world. Like that's what how we'll handle that.
1: You know, usually when we go in four eyes, we do that to stop the zone. Mm -hmm. You know, and and then like in our world, it's we see a lot of teams that now. Granted, everybody's kind of. You know the fads. It's it's so it's so funny. Like going you like back. You see, you watch film and you see like the week after they played something that that beat them up. They're running that same thing. Yep. You know where we're always talking about. Okay, we that we would see a lot of count like power, 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 counter, power, mm-hmm. counter, power, counter. We we played a team where every single year or every single game of that year. quarterback, you know, they'd run power read and it was a give every single time. And Uh they played us and they pulled it twice for huge gains that helped them win the game. You know, it's like you tell your guys, it's like, hey, stay home, stay home, Uh surf the backside and don't go flying upfield. Don't go chasing that crap because you can always pull it. And, you know, just that one time the guy goes chasing and and it's a pull and it takes care of business. It's like, God
0: damn it. Uh Mm-hmm. But offense is going back to what it used to do. Like it's all been zone and wide zone, but now you're seeing more tight end, more wing, more buck sweeps coming back and all that stuff because the defensive guys got real smart. So now offense goes, well, how do we combat this? Well, they're going four eyes. Well, let's do pin and pull or buck sweep. Let's do this to combat all of that.
1: It's that I, I would say what, what what's old is new. Yep you know just you see you see that's i don't know it, it's one of those ones like the kid like nowadays the kids are wearing shorts that are really really short and they're like yep. coach when are you going to get some short shorts i'm like i lived that dream in the 70s i don't have to wear short shorts ever again in life and you see it come all the way full circle
0: it's basketball. i will say
1: this like, oh yeah
0: they i mean where
1: before they I, I i tell all our guys hey 15 years ago, you get beat up for wearing those shorts
2: on (laughs) a basketball court.
0: (laughs) That is, though. We got brand new uniforms, and the kids go, well, did we get to pick them? And I said, oh, hell no, because we paid for them. And they're like, well, are they short enough? I said, what do you mean, are they short enough? Well, we want the shorter shorts. And I looked at them, and I'm like, why? And then I realized, oh, you're rolling them up to make them shorter. Why? Why? You not know the Fab Five? Go watch the Fab Five. Like they didn't have that.
1: No, they're they're going back to the Magic Johnson days. (laughs) (laughs) Like we like these ones. I remember I would when I was head high school coach. I'd buy the when I'd buy the spirit packs. You know, it's it Uh went from okay. I got nine inch inseam shorts. Now I'm getting ten inch inseam shorts. Now we got eleven inch. You know, it's like if a kid's kneecaps was showing, it was all trouble.
0: Coach, yes,
2: I can't. These,
1: I can't wear these shorts. People can see my kneecap. <laughs> now it's like they're not happy unless the bottom of their
0: nutsacks hanging out of the shorts. It is, and I get annoyed. I'm like, why are you rolling it up? Well, the jersey comes untucked, and they keep getting mad because the ref's stopping it. I'm like, it's coming untucked because your shorts are rolled up. That's why. Well, but but it's too long, and now too long is like right above their kneecap, and I'm like, that's perfect. What are you talking about? They're like, no, it's not short enough. And then I'm like, okay. And then the the high socks are coming, making that comeback along with that look. And and the sleeve and the R-band, it's all making its way back. Just like everything, like you said, football's coming back. And then basketball's coming back that look. And we're like, are you serious? And then the varsity team wanted the Hoosier warm-up pants. Those are coming back, like the rip-off ones. Like when I was in high school, had the rip-off button ones that you could just rip off. Oh, that
1: I- – I'd be a little jealous sometimes. I'd be like, I want some pants that'll do that. You know, they
0: just, all of a sudden they're coming off the bench and it's just like rip, rip, rip. Mm-hmm. It's all coming back. And I'm like, 90s clothes are coming back too. Every everything in school fashion that was in like 80s or 90s is coming back because I'm a 90s kid. And I'm looking at it going. That's what we wore in the 90s and like early 2000s. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is the style now. And I'm like, well, I would have been made fun of in like 2010 for that if I wore that.
1: I know it. it's like, even buying we, we've kind of gotten away with, from it. And just, we still buy some PE clothes, but it's more like, Hey, just wear a black shirt, do the, Mm -hmm. you know, make life easy on you guys. Right. You know, once they, once the laws came down, you found that you didn't, you can't force them to buy the stuff, but it's once upon a time, I, I, our whole inventory was like two X and three X stuff. There'd be, you know, just little dudes like ah, give me a two X. I'm like, hey, are you sure that's what you want? <laughs> now it's like everything's small and medium.
0: Yeah, because we have another basketball kid. He's not. He's like he's probably six three or so, but he's not like a big kid. He's just tall and he's kind of got muscle. So we're handing out jerseys. I'm like, oh, you want a large? I'm thinking like a large or something. Oh, can I get a medium? Why? Well, I want a tight. I want my jersey tight. Why? Oh, can I get small shorts too? And I go, you better squat more, or leg press more, because that's not <laughs> no. So I, I remember throwing them a large of everything. I'm like you better go learn how to fit into that.
1: I always make fun of my kids in weight training classes. I said, don't worry, you'll you'll still be able to wear that medium shirt. You'll just fill out the arms a little more. Yeah, because rip- I get. They say it's like, coach. I don't. I don't want to get too big. I don't want to get too big. I'm like don't worry you won't don't worry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I promise you you're gonna be just fine yeah, yeah.
1: you gonna live till you're blue in the face it's gonna take you a few years but oh,
0: if, you're, if you're lucky you'll get a large but, but you'll never get in that extra large ever <laughs> but no that that's funny because you're talking about football and like even we are where we're going like, can we go to 11 personnel, 12 personnel? And then I thought about it and I go, it's making a comeback. You're seeing option. You're seeing that. And like, I have to research a new offense, like gun tea stuff. Like we're really going back and looking at this, like, because everybody in our conference at the six or seven teams, they all run a three, three stack. Everybody, everybody runs it. So now it's like, well, they do that because you're a spread team. They're trying to combat everything, and they're trying to keep you know on your toes and all that stuff. Well, then we better learn how to run power and buck sweep, so we can go around and like attack things. Yeah. So that's the only thing we can do, because we're not a great big team either. So we're like, how do we combat this? So now that's my job, as run game. Like, can we add all this. Can we like? And I go, coach, are you trying to get me to run the wing tee? Which I hate. I hate the wing tee. And he goes, maybe. Did I go Kudu from Pistol, though? That- That's – hey,
1: I'm not – I I will say this. I – we went from – when I first took over as head coach, we were a spread team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I had a very – I had a small staff, and I wasn't a quarterback guru. And it's it's – you really have to – you got to have some athletes, and you got to – and you got to be able to protect it up front i because we we never did like the the air raid stuff you know where you're just deep setting the offensive lineman and almost treating it like a punt formation and right just keeping everything in front. you know we we would have you know we did a lot of man slide stuff and mm-hmm. calling out the mic and and i i when i adopted i bought all the books the dennis hand stuff and i I didn't get a wing tee tattoo. We didn't. We didn't put the Wolverine
2: stickers on our helmet
1: or nothing like that. the only The only thing about wing, I mean, I like wing tee because of the adaptability of the offense. Yeah. I always call it like a silly. It's like silly putty because you could you could make it do anything you want. And if you right. look at the base formation, that's what people are running these days. What what I didn't like was numbering numbering stuff from right to left and changing the holes and changing the numbering system. I, right. I, I did it, but it, it felt like I, like I was writing left-handed all of a sudden, you know, like, okay, well, no, that's supposed to be the two hole. That's not the two hole anymore. I didn't like any of that crap, but right. what I did like was, and, and granted the, you know, I, I didn't go back to the North Dakota version, I went to the the Dennis Crehan stuff that he was doing at army and at Rutgers and in the CFL. And, but I, what I liked about it was it just, it was, it was a system, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's how like when people, you know, get the, the Tony Franklin stuff and the air raid thing, you know, everything's accounted for in the system. You could give this packet to all of your position coaches and say, this is everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I think what's going on now, it, it's I, I don't want to call it a modern wing tee, but you know, you got a wing, you got a tight end. Oh my God, what's that? That's a fullback, and, you know. And I I love that stuff. I mean, right. to me that I as a player and a coach, where I was at, we never saw. I never saw power. I never saw power in college. We never, you know, we ran zone. In community college, we ran like a traditional pro style offense. We ran. Uh-huh. Sweet, we ran toss. We had we ran option, you know, ISOs stuff like that. And when I first started coaching at the at coaching at the same community college I played at, you know, coach ran power and and I was just like, this is amazing, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you you know just when people keep it like a you know like the wing T system. You got you got an inside run, you got an outside run, you have a counter. You know, you got a play action pass. It's like you could, I mean, granted to be really sophisticated, you need to run the different aspects of it to be able to match whoever you're playing that week. But it was just like, that's, I mean, it, to me, it, it stops like what I, I accuse a lot of offensive coordinators, of, you know, just like they're grab bagging, you know, like, right. Oh, what do I, what do I feel like running or what, you know, or something worked and you're going to, I partly believe in run until they stop it, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, you know, you want to keep them, keep them on their toes, but just, just being able to grind the ball up and, and do those things. And that's, and I I think that's where that duo stuff, it, it, it keeps it simpler for the kids, but you're all, you know, but you're getting that same kind of concept that if you're running, you're running like a power scheme. Mm -hmm. The only thing about it I don't like is, is that you're not, you're not getting pullers, you know. I I think, you know, after after years and years and years of of zone and stretch, you know, you you see most successful offenses these days. They're running pullers, yep. you know. And the first time I saw the skip pull stuff, I was like, I don't know how I feel, you know, because there were concepts of that that just go against everything you heard all your life, you know. When you're pulling, don't don't get your feet crossed up and do this and do that you know, and talk about the wing T stuff, you know, throw the hand, open the hip, you know, and you're bird dog and all that crap where right. they're holding, you know, they're turning 90 degrees and holding that position. And then I started, I noticed that's like when, when I first started noticing it, when, when the 49ers were running a lot with uh when Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator and mm-hmm. then Stanford was running a lot of that. And it's like, Oh, wow. You know, you get, you're staying square to the line of scrimmage. you, you're not turning your eyes away from the guys you're pulling towards. Mm-hmm. And, and I and then we started running it at Laney and I'm like, I like it. I like it. Now that being said, you know, like you see now where a lot of a lot of offensive schemes where they're 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 almost like everything's like an angle block down, mm-hmm. you know, where they're they're trying to get zone and double to look the same way, and you're posting as you're blocking down. Part of me, uh, the ex-offensive lineman, is like, "Well, we're not staying square to the line of scrimmage. We got yep. to stay square to the line of scrimmage." Yep. And but I, I definitely, I mean, I think just even if you don't want to go tight end, just bringing down a wing and running eleven out of that, it just yep. it just having that guy that's that's backed off the ball a little bit, I think, really messes people up. It, you know, it's just like if you take that fullback and put him as a sniffer somewhere in a and b gap, it's like you know, that look, it kind of freezes people. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we play, we didn't play him this season, but we always play Butte college. And one of the things they do that would always jack us up is leave the center unblocked and wham him with the sniffer. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get that, you get that wham block. It's like, Oh buddy, you didn't see that one coming and he just gets blown up. Mm-hmm. But what I do like about it, you know, like, especially now, and, and you don't, I'm not seeing it right now. most Most of the teams that are being successful with it are just just lining up in eleven or twelve, and they're not shifting. To me, you know, it's like I once again, bells and whistles, I want to see a shift and a motion and then a quick snap, because yep. then it's just like, "Oh, what's going on in front of me? you know and and now, like going back to Butte, but like Butte would line up in double double tight with a wing. And then sometimes they would just take the wing and shift them to the other side. You say, okay, I know what to do with that. And then sometimes they would line up and shift the tight end in the wing and go to an unbalanced look. And then you say, okay, do we have to gap over to be able to match that? And then, but then what would happen to us? It's like, we would, we would see the tight end in the wing and the kids would start calling the gap over because they'd see that surface Mm -hmm. and they just want to gap over now. And then they would shift and then we we would gap back over, but all we're doing is gapping back over to our regular alignment, and then we'd be outnumbered on the other side. It right. just all that change doing that change. I I like, I mean, if I was running an offense, I'd I'd want to shift in emotion probably damn near every play of my life just yeah. to keep defensive guys guessing. You know, when yeah. I think to like what really messes with us, that and it, it'll probably come back to it. You know, some teams are doing it, but now everybody's getting away. Is just running zone, but pinning and pulling both, both guards and tackles. You mm-hmm. know, that way, all, you know, if, if we don't cross face that, now we're two gaps out before the ball, right after the ball snap.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, that would, that would give us some fits. And then now, you know, unfair numbers. And now it's just a one on one with a, with a, with a puller and a linebacker and let the back just get skinny and slip and go somewhere
0: else. Right. Yeah. Uh, we ran that wham play from a wing spot because I saw it. I came in, I said, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? Pretty, please. Can we try this? Cause we had a six, four, 200 pound tight end who was a senior. And I was like, can we do it? Can we do it? And we did. We didn't block the center or the nose trap. It's called a trap. We just wham and ran right behind. And we were like, Oh, and then we tried it again. And the linebackers got smart. They're like, well, "Why don't we just follow him?" And they got real smart about it. But like, but loved. It. I saw it somewhere, and we just called it a trap. We were just like, "Trap them!" And then, wham! Didn't have to touch. I him. like it. I mean, any anything
1: that gets linebackers out of their base rules, and then mm-hmm. they have to start adjusting. It's like then it comes down to how smart that kid is and how smart that coach is, and do they have somebody from the, from the booth or the sideline that can see it as it's happening so that you guys can adjust to it in real time. Right. That's. I, the only cool part to me about being in the booth is you get snacks, but.
0: <laughs> 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 or when it's raining, you can be. up in right. the
1: box. But one of the things like at Laney, we put the, we put the visiting team on the, on the side with the stands, mm. you know, and a lot of teams been doing that lately, you know, just. Less distractions for us, more distractions for them. But behind on our on our our technical our visitor side, there, it's called the blockhouse, and it's just it's a a little storage room where the electrical panels are to turn on the lights and everything. Mm-hmm. And but it it's I mean it's about the size of a shipping container, and just being, you know just getting up there, you know it's a totally different view of the world, but you're still right there to where you could if you could just look down and talk to your guys because we we turn the benches around and make a U out of it so Mm -hmm. we're facing away from the field and you could still get a hold of everybody but you're just that much higher to be able to see what's going on on the field because i i mean i i know from the sideline i can keep track of my guys but don't uh, but i can't see like what the what the the game the game adjustments are as good for the offense Right. But if you're all the way up in the booth, then it's like, okay, I can see everything. I can talk on the headset, but I can't talk to my guys. Right. So I think I'll be up on my perch. That way I, I can still have snacks
0: and see
2: everything.
0: <laughs> you got to have snacks. I did that. Oh, offense coordinator. I did three games in the booth and I was like 23 years old, 24 years old. And I was like, well, I'm going to try the booth so I can see it all. And then the third, after the third game, I said, Nope, sideline. I'm too too much of an asshole. I gotta be running up and down doing this, doing that. Like you know, I wanted my fingerprints everywhere because I was young. And and I was like, I gotta make sure this is communicated. I gotta make sure this is done. I gotta make sure this is done. Well, you're not doing your job, so I'm gonna do it for you, like that type of thing. So I went back yeah. down the field. Uh I don't think I've ever gone to back to the box since for anything. I'm like, field, field. I'm not going back. I gotta be down there
1: couple times over my career I've been banished to the box for <laughs> bad behavior on the sideline
0: <laughs> that was almost me this year with the refs because I get I got smart about it if I'm talking on the headset about the ref but I'm not near the ref not looking at him and I'm talking on the thing and I'm whatever but the refs have gotten smart so I've gotten a flag I've gotten two flags this year and they're like we're not putting up with it and I'm like I'm on the headset though now we know what you're doing okay
1: I don't know. I think I think trying to get a point across to the ref is like fighting with your wife. You gotta you gotta make your points gently, right. <laughs> in a roundabout way.
0: I tried. I tried. Well, coach, I've taken a lot of your time. We could keep going on and on and on, but I know we got lives and everything else. But I appreciate you talking everything. D line to high schoolers and everything else i do appreciate it i mean we could go on for four hours it used to be joe rogan style four or five hours no doubt i
1: i really appreciate you having me on this is always a good time
0: yeah i'll have to have you on before season starts because i'd be curious how things go as you guys start back up and go into the summer that'd be really interesting to know Um, i almost had your head coach on last year but we never figured it out too so i tried but almost had him. He told me, I sent him a message. He said, email me. So I emailed him and we just couldn't make it work. Well, if you get him on, tell him I I didn't say anything bad. Oh, no. I'm going to say you're an angel. Everything was good. Everything was cool. Then he's going to tell me I'm a liar or something. I don't know. Because that seems to happen to me. was like, <laughs> lying to me.
1: Uh, Coach Beam knows how to see the end of your soul.
0: Be careful. <laughs> But no, I appreciate it. It was a good time. I enjoyed talking to you. We'll have to do it again before the summer or the summer. Either one. We'll have to try again. Um, but I appreciate you coming back on. Um, right on. I'll put your Twitter in the profile for people to follow you in Langley Community College. Oh, I guess the last thing. Did last chance you change anything for Langley? Like, was it? I don't know if I asked you that before. Like, was it like anything?
1: I, I mean, I think the biggest change was how it put us on the map nationally yeah Yeah. you know it's it's so funny i i get kids at the high school that still come up hey i just saw you on netflix i'm like oh hey cool (laughs) you know it just i mean for me i i I think i didn't if i if i could do it again i'd probably just learn to enjoy the experience more Mm -hmm. you know but when but when it was i i just i think i was so concerned about you know just the crazy crap that comes out of your mouth during a practice or, you know, when you, when you're, you're putting a one-liner on a kid or, or you're yelling or you're losing your mind or, you know, just whatever. And I was just like, God, I don't, I don't want all our our skeletons to get out to the world. And, but I thought they did a great job of showing the program. I think I was, I think I was worried because, you know, the, the the other seasons I saw, you know, showed programs, warts and all, you know, mm-hmm. and I think they, they emphasized the warts more where our year was more about kind of celebrating what coach beam and the program did for the area and, and for the kids. I thought it was, right. you know, the spin was a lot more positive. Right. I, I, the part I didn't like was just a lot of kids playing to the camera and oh, yeah. and trying to trying to be players or people that they're not, uh-huh. you know, just cause they, you know, they're trying to show out. Right. If, if, if it could be the same kind of situation with just hidden cameras and mics, uh-huh. I'd love it because then you would forget everything's there. Right. But you know, you're having, you're having a moment and all of a sudden, you know, you look, o- you look over and there's a camera, just like right here on you. You're like, Oh shit, what did I say? What did I do? Right. And, and I think that kind of that got into the, the heads of the kids a little bit too, where they didn't, well, I'm not going to look dumb on, on the camera or I'm not going to make a mistake on the right. camera. Cause I think, you know, we all know with football, it's like, you know, you always say perfect practice, perfect plays, perfect, this, perfect that, but it's never perfect. You know, right. you got to, you make, it, you make a boatload of mistakes mm-hmm. and you fail a lot and then you learn to get better you know which is to me like you know they talk about it, how it's all a metaphor for life
2: mm-hmm. and
1: i just i think a lot of the kids were more afraid to make those mistakes because of the stakes and the camera and them knowing coming in if it would have been a brand new show that nobody had ever heard of i think it would have been different but right. it was already an established show with an established audience and, and those kids know, okay, millions of people are going to watch this crap.
2: Hmm. You
1: know, we're all, I got, I got a bunch of shit from my friends. They're like, what, do you coach or do you just hang out at the bar? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no, there was lots of coaching. I don't know why they, you know, I don't know why the bar scenes made it as much, but we were out there coaching. Damn it. I, yeah, one, of, one of my friends is like, all right, Norm.
2: I'm like, no, I'm not Norm.
1: I'm not Norm. I'm a football coach. <laughs> now we we all know that, that I, I coach in camaraderie or fellowship or whatever you call it, you know, sometimes there's wings and beverages involved in, and, oh, yes. and, and, and what we were, you know, and that was really us at those times. I think it, you know, for the most part, I think it was, it was a lot of really everybody, but it just, it, it, I think it's hard to capture the, the, the environment and the culture that got us to the position where they wanted to come film us when mm-hmm. they're filming, right? You know, because you know, as much as I'm, I'm used to speaking in front of a bunch of people or being in front of a computer, you know, camera, being myself. It's, you know, you when you see the the production of it all, it, you kind of you kind of you nut up a little bit, right? You know, and then you have to kind of learn to not to be tense around that stuff and just be yourself. But then you worry about, well, if I'm myself, how's that going to come across? Because no matter what, you know, you can't show me a football program anywhere that doesn't involve a little bit of bad language. But then (laughs) the first thing that administrators and and college presidents, you know, it's like, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? You know, it's kind of like that, that little blurb of I I don't know if you've heard it of somebody somebody audio coach smart before. Oh, the yeah. yeah. You know, before the national chant and it, and it's just like everything you say, I, I mean, it gave me goosebumps. I wanted to go, I want to go out there and smack somebody, but they, then they're going to be people judging that because they don't know that environment. Or there's right. even people that just, you know, might be a little too woke and just say, well, that's not, that's not appropriate language. It's like, Hey, come on. You know, All right. we're, we're trying to we're trying to do big things here.
0: And sometimes language gets out of, out of hand. Well, it goes back to that video of Nick Saban on LSU yelling that that leak went out of Kirby Smart. And they said, do you want your kid to hear this? And I think I even tweeted, I said, I see nothing wrong with what just happened. Nothing. No,
1: I, I, hard coaching, hard coaching is one thing. But, you know, but I also wouldn't want. To say myself or hear, or hear or have players here, you know, you're worthless or you're you suck or you know oh, yeah. stuff like yeah. that. It's like, you know that 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 takes on. But I think some people who don't know, no matter what they hear, that's what they think. You know, mm-hmm. hard coaching is hard coaching. Yep. You know, you gotta learn. You gotta learn to take criticism. You know, like right. I said, my my skin was thin for a long time, and I and I know that playing really helped me and coaching Mm -hmm. and teaching really, really helped me after that, you know, because if you mess up in front of kids, they're going to let your ass know about it. Right. In a heartbeat. Yes. And then, and then you get to that point where we can, we can have those tense moments, but you know, after, Hey, I got a lot of love and respect for you and we're going to move on now. Granted,
0: it's always easier if you're winning. Yes. You know, you get away with it, like, or get away with it, quote unquote, like, they won a championship and this is what you're worried about? Nah, it's whatever.
1: For sure. For sure.
0: Well, coach again, thanks for coming back. Appreciate it. Like I said, we'll, I'll, I'll know you again when the spring or summer and get you back. Always down. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks anyone who listens and we'll see you guys next time.